חנוכה שמח וחודש טוב ומבורך, ראש חודש טבת תשפ"א. Wednesday mornings our custom is to learn Tehillim, Rabbi David HaMelech Alav Shalom. These classes are Le'ilun Nishmat Le'Tzadeket, Lili Le'abad Virginia, this is Lili Maddeb Alav Shalom, Ruach Adonai Tenihena Begin Eden, Amen. We learn a chapter a week. We try to get an overview of the chapter. We started from the beginning and we move one a week. Last week we made an exception. We broke from the order, being that it was Hanukkah, so we did chapter Lamed, which was Mazmor Shir Hanukkah Tabayt Le David. Uh, today, some of our members uh, requested that maybe we do the Mizmor for Rosh Chodesh, being that today is Rosh Chodesh Tevet, and there is a special chapter that is read. <coughs> On Rosh Chodesh, so I took their advice, and uh, we are going to learn today chapter 104. So we're jumping around only to keep it current because of Inyane de Yoma. So if you have your Tehillim books open, you can start to read 104, which is the famous Barechin of Shiit Adonai. Adonai Elohai Gadalta Meod Hod Vehadar Labashta. This chapter primarily talks about the days of creation and the wonder of the Boreh and the creation of the world. And uh, if you'll go through the chapter, you'll see that uh, every few Pesukim, David HaMelech is moving from one day of the creation to the next. For example, if you look at Pasubet, Ote Or Kasalma. So that already, we know the first thing that God created in the world was Or. He said, Yehi Or, on day one. And Ote Or Kasalma, so he spread the Or, like a Salma, like a, like a garment, and Note Shamayim Kari'ah. We also know that Mori uh, Olam also created uh, after Vahi Or, Yehi Rakiyah. So that we have the order in the Tehillim. Ote Or, and then Note Shamayim. And then the chapter tells us about the wonder of the creation of the clouds and the rain. So he explains to us how the, the, the firmament, the Shamayim, came about, the Rakia. Turns out that the clouds become the ceiling. Amkare is a ceiling. Aliyotav. Ceiling of the heavens is the clouds, uh, and the pasuk says, "Hasam abim rechubo," and that's the clouds, the abim that are uh, that are moving, that are collected over the hamhalech al kanteruah that are traveling via the wind. Uh, so over here, the malbim tells us how the rain is formed. Actually, uh, the, you have the condensation of the waters from the ocean, and they form clouds. And then the wind comes and blows the clouds from the ocean back to the earth. And Mesharetab uh, Eshlohet. If you know anything about uh, the rain, there is electrical currents that are going through the clouds. Uh, we see that today. It's called lightning. So therefore, before the rain comes, you have ruchot and ish. You have the winds and you have the fire. The fire would be the lightning, which the way the Malbim says, al homer ha-lektriya. says it, the electric. Shu homer ish Okay, and then sabaedim. There's an electrical current in the clouds themselves. Shemehem yetze homer ish Yerem ra'aminu brakim, which is actually thunder and lightning. And it cracks open the uh, clouds. And that's where the rain comes down. Uh, the next pasuk says, Well, that's part of the creation as well. After the creation of the waters, the pasuk says, Let the waters collect into the oceans. So, 
or the olam established the air, it's the earth. And it will remain forever. So that's referring to the collecting of the waters into the oceanus, into the oceans. Tehom kalevush kesito alharim yamdumai. So he's telling us initially the world was just filled with water. Uh, to the extent alharim yamdumai, which means even the mountains were underwater. Everything was underwater. The whole world was filled with the water. Bore Olam took the waters and put them in one place. And then the Pasuk says, It's like he screamed at the waters, he chastised them, they ran away. And then, And then once they went into the clouds, when God rings the thunder, they run back down. So they're running. Yinusun means they ran up into the clouds, and Yahabizun means they they come back down. That's what the Malbim explains. So therefore, it's talking about the rain cycle. And the rain comes down on the mountains and then trickles down into the valleys. So Mori Olam established it uh, to be that way in order that it'll irrigate the fields, as the next Pasuk says, that Gevul Samta Bal Ya'avurun. Mori Olam put the waters in the ocean and there's a Gevul, there's a, a border and they don't pass that border, the beach, the shoreline. Otherwise, they're going to return to be to cover the ground. When the Olam puts these well springs that are between the mountains, which means it trickles down into the mountains, and as a result, creates these little uh, you know, tributaries of water that are trickling in between the, the mountains. And as a result, uh, it gives uh, sustenance to Haito Sadai. To the uh, to the animals that are in the field, um, Today is the wild animals. Sema'am, they're able to quench their thirst. Alehem of Yishkon, and on these mountains, the birds are able to rest next to the water. Beben uh, ofaim yitenukol, and uh, therefore. Mori Olam made a place for the birds that they, and the animals to be in those areas where there's water. Mori Olam gives the irrigation to the mountains, from the ceiling, from the clouds of the heaven. And as a result, the fruits get irrigated. That's the grass grows for the animals, the esev adam, and the grass, of course, for the humans. Now, of course, lechem does not come from the ares; it needs to be processed. That's why it says adam, which means the grass that grows the wheat, it needs avodat adam. It needs uh, work, plowing, and then uh, waiting till it grows and then threshing it, and then grinding it, etc. So therefore the Pasuk says, uh, and then ultimately bring it to bread. That's regarding wine. Okay, the wine brings the person to Simcha. Also we have oil make his face uh, bright when he eats it, or puts it on his face. But the main thing is, he's satiated by the bread. The rain also allows the trees to grow, not only the fruit trees that we mentioned, but even the regular trees, for example. Arzelbanon is the cedar tree. And the cedar tree doesn't have any fruit, but we use the cedar tree for building. And the cedar tree also is the home for the birds. The birds build their nests over there. Hasida is a type of bird. Deroshim beta. Derosh is a type of cedar. It rests in the cedar tree. I was talking about whether all the animals, they have their places where they live. So you have the big mountains. Ya'il is like a type of uh, a deer, mountain deer. Vashepanim. Uh, Jepanim is like the 
the squirrels or the high racks, if you like that. Sila'im, the rocks, like in the caves, mahsela shvanim. That's where the shvanim hide because you know, they're small animals. They need to hide from the bigger animals. So Bariolam gives them the nooks in the uh, in the mountains. Sila'im mahsela shvanim. The shvanim are able to hide in the nooks in the rocks in the mountains. Asaya le'am. Now we continue. Which day are we up to? So we're moving on to the days of the creation, to day four. So already we did Yehi Or. We did Yehi Rakia. And then we did Yekavu Hamayim. And then we talked about all the irrigation. And now we get to day four. It was created on day four. The luminaries. That's probably why, Rabotai, we read this on Rosh Chodesh. Because we talk about the creation of the moon. Again, we are lunar people. We follow the lunar calendar. And the Rosh Chodesh is a celebration of the new moon. And the, the sun, of course, was created. And it has its, uh, its trajectory. And then Borelam brings darkness. What happens when night comes? So all the hayot uh, come out at night. Uh, these are the small animals that uh, at night they have to go out in order to get their food. So it says, Kifirim are the small cubs, small lions. Uh, they come out in order to seek their, uh, you know, their, their food. They scream out in order to get their food. So therefore, these are animals that come out at night. However, what happens in the morning? They come back inside. They go, they go away. They go back to their abodes, which is a big chesed. You know, the animals come out at night. That's why you have to be careful at night. But in the day, what happens? The animals retreat. And they go back into the hibernation. They go back into their, to the forest, into the woods. That's a big chesed that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for us so we can go to work. You'd say, Adam Mifa'olo, next person. So I got to go to work. Imagine if there was lions and tigers roaming the streets in the day. So you wouldn't be able to leave your house. You'd say, Adam Mifa'olo, you can work until the evening. Melech is saying how wonderful the creation is. Everything was done with tremendous chokmah. Uh, the land is, the earth is filled with your acquisitions. Now we continue. Which day are we up to? Zeyam Gadol. Ah, so he's talking about the Yamagadol, which is Oceanus, the different uh, bodies of water. It's very, very, very uh, prosperous. Sham Remes Ve'en Mispad. Which means there's a limit, uh, limitless amount of, uh, uh, of 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 creatures, sea creatures. Sham remes ben benim ispar hayot ketanot im gedolot. So you have over there in the uh, in the waters, you have hayot ketanot, small fish, im gedolot, big fish. The Malbim says you have the whale fish, the whale fish, the big fish eats the small fish. However, the small fish multiplies so fast that no matter how fast the whale fish eats the small fish, there's so many of them. That's why it says in the Pasuk, Sham Remes Ve'en It's They fertilize so many eggs at a time, so therefore they produce faster than they can be eaten. Sham on Yotihalechun, and you have the fishermen. The fishermen take their boats out and they go, uh, they go fishing. This, uh, 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 right? And they go fishing, they have an amusement, they go uh, have a good time, they play with the uh, with, with their fishing rods to catch fish. All of the creation turns to God for their sustenance. And when Olam gives their, uh, their, ta- their food at the time. Sometimes gives them the mezonot as they need it. Yilkotun, which means they collect whatever they need. But other times, Borei Olam opens his hand 
and they get shefa. He's beyond tov. Right? So therefore, sometimes they get the minimum what they need, sometimes they get shefa, but other times, tastir panecha, sometimes Boram doesn't give them anything. God uh, uh, removes his, his, uh, his face from them, he turns around, and they get confused. And then they die. And they go back to their uh, the ground. And then what happens? But that's the cycle of life. Although animals and humans die, God sends his spirit down. He creates new ones. And therefore he rejuvenates the Adama. And therefore there's a constant uh, refreshing of the, uh, of the creation. The glory of God, which is seen in the creation. That's So therefore you see the Bore Olam rejoices in the creation of the world. He created the world uh, 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 which gives him simha in order to give duhesa to the creation. God, uh, when he wants to destroy the world, if he wants, he can. He just gives one look at the earth, but it starts to shake, an earthquake. He touches the mountains, volcanoes, and all of a sudden they erupt. And all of a sudden, you have destruction. David Amir concludes the chapter and says, Ashira la Hashem behayai. He says, Baruch Hashem, I'm alive. <clears throat> as long as I'm alive and I didn't get destroyed, I will sing to God. I will praise him as long as I am around. Ye'irab alav sihi. God uh, enjoys the pleasant conversation of the praises that David Amir gives him. Ye'irab, it's alev, it's sweet. Um, Right? I will rejoice. Uh, my simha is from God. That's why I get my simha from, from religion. And the last pasuk says, When <clears throat> God destroys the world, he's going to destroy the Rishaim. And David Melech ends the chapter like he started it. Hallelujah. If I'm not mistaken, uh, this is the first hallelujah in the uh, in the Tehillim. Took David 104 chapters before he says hallelujah. And that's the overview, Rabbi. And now you learned the chapter once and for all. I thought that we had to go through every pasuk just to get an overview of what's going on before we make the hadushim uh, on the on the chapter. So at least we know it's following the biriyat ha'olam. What Olam David Amalek is praising. And again, I believe the reason why they chose it for Rosh Chodesh is because. Uh, we have the Yareyah. Since the Mu'adim are established by the Yareyah, which is Rosh Chodesh, so therefore it's a fitting, um, a fitting uh, 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 mention. Fine. Today, Rabotai, on this chapter, I'd like to analyze the last Pasuk. This last Pasuk is subject to a famous Gemara in Berachot. The Gemara in Berachot is on page 10. That Yud Amut Rishon. I will read you the Gemara. Again, as I said, it is indeed famous. Hanehu Biryone. Biryone is like bullies, mafia. Biryone. Dehavu Bishibbute Rabbi Meir. So they lived in the name of Rabbi Meir. Okay. Dehavu Kamitsarele Tuba. They were giving Rabbi Meir a hard time. I don't know what they were doing to Rabbi Meir. They were giving him a hard time. They were probably the committee of the shul. That's why I'm, I'm assuming who they were, these biryonim. Usually that's uh, what the committee does to give the rabbi a hard time. Uh, nothing changes. So you probably had the president, the vice president, the secretary, the treasurer of the shul. And uh, the rabbi probably wanted a raise. And uh, they didn't give it to him. And they told him his speeches are too long. And uh, whatever they told him, they wanted to wear different clothes, etc. So how did biryonim, they will come inside the tuba. They were giving him a uh, hard time. Well, that's the last one you want to start with, is Rabbi Meir. So he was praying that they should die. Very simple. Rabbi Meir felt, these guys are hopeless. 
and instead of waiting for elections, that's it, we'll get rid of them. Now, it seems that his wife, Tzadeket Bruria, heard Nabi Meir praying for the death of these, uh, these people. Actually, I'm not too sure if he actually prayed because the Pasuk says, Actually, interesting the way the Gemara says it. He was praying for the Hamim. It's not Hamim for these people to die. If they die, they won't make any more sins. He was praying that they should die. Anyway, Amra the Beruria the Bitu. Beruria, his wife said, What are you relying on that you're praying for these people to die? Are you relying on the chapter the one we just read? Are you relying on the last pasuk of that chapter? That says what? That let the sinners be destroyed from the land? And therefore you pray for their destruction? hotim, Oh, the pasuk does not say hotim, that the sinners should be perished from the land. Hataim ketiv. Hataim is the sin. Let the sins perish. Which means, once you pray for them to make Teshuvah and the sin is no longer, you got rid of the Rishayim. Now, how did you get rid of the Rishayim? You didn't get rid of the Rasha, you got rid of his sins. You prayed for them to make Teshuvah. Pray for them to make Teshuvah. Okay. So his wife tells him, Listen, what are you praying for them to die for? Pray for them to make the Shuvah. So he took his wife's opinion. It worked. He prayed for them and they made the Shuvah. So you see that Berudia and Nabi Meir over here had a mahloket, how to learn this Pasuk. It's a mahloket Tanaim. The Tana Rabbi Meir and the Tana'a Berudia. Brudia held what? No, you don't pray for sinners to die. So obviously, these were Jewish people over here. And in Biryoneh, they were Jewish people. And I pray for them to make the Shuvah. Initially held, no, these people reached a certain level. You got to pray for them to, to perish. Fine. In this case over here, the Bimi'ir acquiesced and prayed for them. And actually, they made the Shuvah. The question is, what is the uh, what is the halakha? Is the halakha like Rabbi Meir, or is the halakha like Bruria? So I have a proof from another Gemara that I'll quote to you that I believe Rabbi Meir ultimately agreed with uh, Bruria that. We don't pray for the death of, of Rishayim. We pray for them to make the Shuvah. How do I know that he ultimately agreed with Beruria? So I'm reading you a Gemara Kiddushin. Very important Gemara. The Pasuk says, Banim Atem Lehashem Elohechem. Pasuk Devarim Yudalit. God says, Banim Atem. You're children of God. What does it mean, children of God? We have a Neshama. Were the chosen. So the Gemara says, What does it mean, Banim Bizman Sha'atem no Hagim min Hagbanim, Atem Kiruim Banim. Yeah, when you, when you act like Banim, you're called Banim. En Atem no Hagim min Hagbanim, En Atem Kiruim Banim. The Vreda be Yehuda. Wow. So be Yehuda says, Bikadush. You're not always called Banim. You have to earn the title. If you want that preferential treatment to be considered like Banim, I guess if you're like Banim, you have to get mercy, you get perks, you get certain Rahmanu uh, 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 benefits. So the Yehuda says, yeah, if you behave, but if you're belligerent and you're disobedient and you're not following the Torah Mitzvot, you're not called Banim. So the Yehuda learns that that when it says Banim Atem Namakom is stipulative. It depends. You're not always called Banim. Only when you act in the Tzaddikim way, you're considered Banim. If not, you lose the title, Bani. That's the Yehuda. The Bimeir Omer, listen to this, Rabotai. Ben kach u ben kach atem kiruim Bani. Unbelievable. The Bimeir says, Ben kach u ben kach. 
doesn't matter what a Jew does, doesn't matter if he didn't follow, doesn't matter if he's disobedient. Of course, he's going to have to pay for his sins, but he can never lose this title, Benim. A, a Jew is always considered a Ben, and he brings Pesukim, Shene Emad. He quotes a Basuk in Yirmiyahu. Banim, Sechalim Hemad. Even though we're sechalim, even though we're belligerent, banim. He quotes a pasuk in the barim. Banim lo emun bam. Even though we don't have emunah, banim. It says in Yeshayahu, zera mireim, banim mashchitim. That even though we're mashchitim, we're still called banim. Oh, and he quotes all, all stories. So what do you see in this Gemara? You see that ultimately the Bimeir agreed with Miruria. Because originally what happened, you had these biryonim, and he was praying for them to die. Originally he helped like the Yehuda must be. And therefore, since these are not banim anymore, they're not considered the children of God anymore. They're biryonim, they're making trouble. So he prayed for them to die. Berudia said, what are you talking about? You thought they lost, they lost their status? No, there's always, a, like we talked about last week, we talked about the spark in every single Jew. You pray for them to make the Shuvah, and uh, they, can, uh, they can return. Oh, later on, the Bimeir not only agreed to Biruria, but he would bring many Pesukim to show that no matter what happens with a Jew, he's always considered Bani. We never consider a Jew that is considered a defector or he's considered a uh, foregone or, or, or hopeless, like we said. No, he's still considered Bani. Okay, so that's very nice. Only one problem about that. And only one problem. And this is what we have to deal with over here. We have a general rule here that here we have a mahloket between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. Uh, we have rules in halakha. Who do we follow whenever there's a mahloket between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir? Very simple rule. Halakha Kerebi Yehuda. That we learned already in Masikat Eruvin and Daf Memvav. Amar Yohanan, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Halakha Kerebi Yehuda. So if I'm sorry to tell you that according to this Halakha, then if you hold like Rabbi Yehuda, it's possible for a Jew to lose his status. It's possible for a Jew to lose the status of Banim. You're not always banim, which is unfortunate. We, 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 we'd rather have the bimeir that we're always, we're always in good standing with God. We always have a, 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 a standing of banim. But again, if we're going to follow the general rule of halakha kenabi Yehuda, it seems that the banim status is stipulative. And what I have some good news to report today. I found a famous opinion of the Rashba, one of the Rishonim. It's in the She'elot Uchuvot Rashba, Chelek Aleph, Siman Kutzadidalev. And he comes along and he writes, and I quote, Me'afagab de Rabbi Meir ve Rabbi Yehuda. Halakha ke Rabbi Yehuda. Haka Rabbi Meir kra kadaik. Oh, Rabbi Meir wa pesukim. When do you say halakha ke Rabbi Yehuda? That's what it's a straight up ma'lokim. But here, Rabbi Meir brought five pesukim to prove his point. Ah, he's got the proofs with him. So the Nashba goes out of his way to say, in this case, halakha is like Rabbi Meir, that a Jew is always a Jew. That we don't never come along and say, no, you're not a Jew anymore. No, behold, like Rabbi Meir. And what does Rabbi Meir say? Even Mashaitin. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not telling you that it's about to be a Mashaitin. Because you say, okay, Mashaitim, you're Banim, therefore do whatever you want. Go become a Mahalish Shabbat, go in the road to the Rifot, Banim. No, which is saying that we always look at a Jew from our perspective, he's a Ben, and therefore we have to bring him back. We cannot, uh, uh, you know, write him off. We have to try to Mekarev. Bode Olam still calls him a Ben, and therefore there's, there's a chance. If Hashem still calls him a Ben, then our attitude also has to be we have to come back and bring him back. I saw another answer, which is a beautiful answer. Why, in this case, the Alakha follows the Bimeir? 
Which, by the way, the Bimir got this idea from his wife, from Rudia, the way we're learning. Don't pray for the death of the Rishayim. Pray for him to make the Shuvah. So I saw in a separate called Emet Yaakov Nino. He says a beautiful pshat. He says, why don't we follow the Bimir? Why isn't the Halakha generally like the Bimir? Why shouldn't we follow the Bimir? So the Gemara says, we don't follow the Bimir is because the rabbis were not able to be yored lesof da'to. So Gemara Eruvin says that he was so deep to be Meir. And his, his understanding and his sebara, his logic was so deep that the rabbis couldn't get to the crux of what he really meant. And therefore, uh, we posek like the, uh, the other opinions. That's what the Gemara Eruvin uh, is. See if I have the Gemara Zlashon in front of me. It says, in the Bimi's generation, there was nobody like him. So why is Dalaka not like him? We couldn't understand him. We couldn't understand him. So says Rabbi Yaakov Nino Bikadush. When do we say that we don't follow Rabbi Meir? That's when it's a halakhic argument. When we're talking about Isur Beheter or we're talking about Dine Mamonot, when it comes to a regular Mahlot in Halakha, we don't go like a Bimi'ir. Why? No, you're not the Dato. But over here, what are we discussing over here? Here we're discussing that he says the Jews are always Banim. That already, he's talking about a Kadosh Baruch Hu. He's saying that a Kadosh Baruch Hu always looks at us as Banim. Hashem understands the Bimi'ir. Maybe the rabbis, when it came to halakhic arguments, were not Yored the Sof Dato Shir But of course, Kadosh Baruch Hu is Yored the Sof Dato. So when Rabbi Meir says, we are called Banim, what else? I understand what he's talking about. Yes, he's right. So therefore, in Halakha, that's in Yan Shamayim, then Halakha follows Rabbi Meir. When it's a halakhic argument, so the rabbi says, listen, we know what he's talking about, but we can't understand him. He's too deep for us. Fine, Halakha can other rabbis. But here, what is he saying? He's saying, Bore Olam, you always look at us as Banim. Bore Olam says, absolutely, you understood that. So therefore, in halakha, that has to do with the Shamaim's attitude. Since the Shamaim is your the of Dato, halakha can be me'ir. Based on this, I saw an unbelievable explanation from the Satmar Rebbe, the Debrei Yo'el, that he has on the Yamim Nuraim. You know how we say in the Musaf, Hayom Harat Olam. Hayom Ya'amid Mishpat, Kod Yisuri Olam. And then we say what? Today you're going to judge us. Im Kebanim. Either you're going to judge us like Banim, or you're going to judge us what? Ka'abadim. Abadim is like slaves. If you get judged like a slave, it's no good. We want to get judged like Banim. So we say like this. At the end, we say, Im Kebanim, Im Ka'abadim. If we're doing it at Sonoshil Makom, if we're following your ways, then you'll treat us like Banim and give us a good judgment. However, if we're not following your ways, then you're going to treat us like Abadim. So then we say, God, we're looking at you because you understand Rabbi Meir. You understand the depth of Rabbi Meir that says, even if we're not Osim Nesoroshel Makom, we're still like Banim. We have to rely on you, Bore Olam. Until you have mercy on us, because you understand Bani Matim Lemakom, no matter what. And therefore, he says, his lashon is, Im Ka'abadim as Enenu Lechat Tzoriot Shari. Ata Yakon Lered Nesop Tato Shari Bimeir. Betuchal Lekbo Alaka Kemoto. Alken Bakashatenu Shetachonenu. Betotzi Laor Meshmatenu Kadosh. On Yom Kippur, on Rosh Shana, we activate the Zikut of Bimeir. They come along and say, even though we might have messed up during the course of the year, we're still banim. And therefore, we're relying on you, God, that understand the depth of Rabbi Meir. I saw another explanation 
from Rav Levi Yitzhak Mepardichev. He explains why is halakha like Rabbi Meir, that no matter what a Jew does, he's always banim. So he says, he bases it on a Gemara and a Midrash that we learned many times. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Adaf Chafeh says, these are the holidays. The Gemara says, don't read it otam, but read it atem. Means what? Atem, you make the holidays. The rabbi makes the holidays. The Bedin. So the Gemara says, atem afilu shogegim, atem afilu mezidim. That even if the Bedin makes a mistake, even if the Bedin on purpose uh, uh, messes up the calendar, whatever the Bedin says, that's when the holidays are. Atem afilu mezidim. So the Libya Tangbi Bedichev says, Banim atem lamakom. Atem afilu mezidim. Exactly like the same Daraj that he makes by the holidays. Banim atem lamakom. Atem afilu shogegim. Atem afilu mezidim. Doesn't matter what Klaisil does. The status, and by the way, by the way, don't minimize what we're saying. This is the whole of, of, of Christianity. The Christianity comes along and says, you lost it. You lost it after you made the Averot, or the Olam shunned you, and you're not Barim anymore, and now you became Abadim, and now we have a new testament, we have a new people, we have a new breed, Hadashah, all this, uh, all this uh, stuff that they talk about. No, we come along and say, Allah, going to be me here. You're right, we sinned. You're right, we maybe did the Averot, etc. We can never lose that status. A Jew, you know, they say a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. Doesn't matter. Uh, 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 you can never forsake. You can never convert out of your Judaism. You can only convert into your Judaism. A Jew cannot come along and say, well, you know what? Just, just I want to opt out. Now the guy says, hey, you're eating, uh, eating a ham sandwich. No, I converted to Christianity yesterday. I'm sorry to tell you, you're still a Jew. You cannot opt out of it. It's, not a, it's, only, it's, a, it's a one-way street over here. Oh, so therefore, I saw another explanation why we follow the Bimeir. We're getting to a big point. I saw another explanation why we follow the Bimeir. From Hachamavadiyah Yosef, Allah v'shalom. Hachamavadiyah, Allah v'shalom, quotes a, I guess it's a Gemara, Baba Batra, Daf Yud. It says, Tanya. Uh, so the Gemara says, if God loves the poor people, why doesn't he give them panasa? Good question. Why does he give them something? Why are they suffering? So it says, this question, turn this Rufus the Rasha, turn this Rufus. But he deserves to have such an ugly name like that. Turnus Rufus. He asked this question to Rabbi Akiva. What did he say? If your God loves Anim, why doesn't he give them sustenance? To save us from Gehinam. We give money to the Anim to save us from Gehinam. So, but Olam created Anim in order to, to, to save the people. Like with Gemara says in a different place, more than uh, the rich man does to the poor person, the poor person does to the rich person. It means the poor person saved the rich person from Gainam. So Turnus Rufus comes along and says, what are you talking about? Adraba, by giving Sadaqaish Bihayab Bita. This is what he tells the Biakiva why. And he gives him mashal. He says, mashal to a king that has an avid. And he takes the avid and he puts him in jail. And he comes along and he says, I don't want anybody to have mercy on this guy. And all of a sudden, somebody sees the evidence of the king that's in jail and he starts to feed him. He's rebellious to the king. The king doesn't want him to get fed. What are you feeding him for? So Turnus Rufus says, if God made the Ani poor, who are you to go against God? So the Akivad comes along and says, no, Turnus Rufus, just like your name is awkward, so too your Mishalim are awkward. You don't know how to make a good Mashal. The real Mashal would be, let's say the king has a son. Not an Evid. The king has a son, a prince. Gets angry at the prince. Sometimes the king gets angry at the prince and he throws him in prison. And the prince is languishing in the prison. And all of a sudden, somebody sees the prince. He says, Oh, poor guy, give him something to eat. 
finally the king, when he, his mercy comes down, he, his, his, his anger subsides, he goes back to the prince. He says, well, you're alive. How did you survive it? A uh, guy came and fed me every day. Where's that guy? Give him reward. Baruch Hashem, he kept you alive until my anger subsided. So therefore, Rabbi Akiva was the one that said, Adraba, we are considered Banim. We're not Abadim. Oh, so says Acham Rabbi Meir is not Adat Yahid anymore. Rabbi Meir saying is Bishitat Rabbi Akiva. So therefore, it's true. Rabbi Meir with Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda. But here you see Rabbi Meir that says Banin. He's following the opinion of Rabbi Akiva as well. And therefore, there's another reason why we should be forsake like Rabbi Meir. Okay, now why is this significant specifically today? says that on Rosh Chodesh Tevet, today's Rosh Chodesh Tevet, one should light a candle Today is the day of Rabbi Meir, Rosh Chodesh Tevet. And he says, well, if you light the candle, you make special prayer. Panachi brings it down more they call high. Then Rosh Chodesh Tevet, you should give tzedakah to the kupa, to kolel chatzot, of course, that's where you have to give all your money. And then we give it, and we give it, le'ilun nishmat, le'zeich nishmat bimir ba'lanes, and I saw brought down by Rabbi Pinhas Vichy, in one of his sefarim, that he actually wants to say that Rabbi Meir, his yard site is on Hanukkah. I know a lot of people, they celebrate the Yorzeit on Pesach Shini, Yudalad, Yad, but he wants to say that, why are we lighting a candle on the Shodesh Tevet for the Meir? So he says, because he was called Meir because he was born on Hanukkah. Meir is Benashon Nerot. And therefore, since he was born, the Tzadik is born, he dies at the same time. So he says, must have died on Hanukkah as well. So therefore, we're lighting a Ner today, Lezech and Nishmat, Rabbi Meir. Now, I'd like to uh, uh, explain for a moment that what is this inyan that you light a candle? Somebody asked me a question recently. What is this inyan? Somebody passes away, you light a candle. Uh, what, what is the, what, what does that got to do? Oh, because it says, what's the shot? Which means, what does it do by lighting a ner at the time of a, a person's passing away? And we have discussed them. Erev Yom Kippur, they like Nerot for the yard site. On the yard site day itself, they like Nerot. Today, everybody after the class, take a Ner out, light it for the Bimeir, the Benish says. The question is, why? So I saw an unbelievable explanation, and they learned it from a Pasuk in this chapter. Go to, back to the chapter over here, and go to the chapter. Um, Pasuk Haftet. Tosef Ruham Yigva'un. What's the simple explanation? Tosef Ruham, God takes away the spirit of man and they die. Yigva'un. But I saw brought down from one of the Sephardim, let's quote him correctly. It's from the Sefer Petron Halomot, the Rabbi Shalomo Almuli. And he says something incredible. He says, when does a person grow to the high spiritual heights? Only after he passes away. Then already he can have an increase in the spirit. Why? Because the body's not in the way. As long as the body's in the way, so his spirituality is limited. So he says, Tosef Ruham. When do they get a Tosef Ruham? When do they get an, an increase in spirit? Yigva'un, when they die. When the tzaddik dies, now he doesn't have any physical body interrupting him. Now he's all spiritual, he's all neshama. Therefore, tosef ruham, when does the tosefet of the ruach take place? Yigva'un, at the time of death. Oh, so that's an interesting concept. That it goes against logic. That at the time of death, at the time of destruction, at the time of decay, of decomposition, that's when already you have a growth. Do we have a mashal to that in this world before a person dies? Is there a mashal to it? Absolutely. The ner. Look at the ner. 
you take a, we're doing it every night now in Hanukkah, you take a, uh, a, a, a kid, a vessel, you fill it up with oil. Okay? You fill it up with oil, now you put the wick in there. And now you light it. What is lighting exactly? Which part of the wick is lighting? The part of the wick that's getting destroyed. And which part of the oil is, is lighting? The part that's getting destroyed. The oil that's still there is not lighting. Therefore, the oil that's dying and the wick that's being consumed is bringing the light. Therefore, we light a ner neshama to signify that at the time of destruction and decomposition and the time of decay, that's when the light is happening. That's what Tosef Ruham. When does the ner have hosafa? When the oil is being consumed at the consumption of the wick, which is which goes, it's counterintuitive. At the time of the consumption of the wick and the oil, all of a sudden, you see the, the ner. That's exactly the mashal tamita. Tosef Ruham Nikvaun. So therefore, Rabotai, on this day over here, what a day we have, Rosh Chodesh Tebet. That's the day of our Rabbi to be Meir. And that's the day that we light a ner neshama to connect to the neshama of Rabbi Meir. By the way, that's the Bimir Balanes. That's the Bimir Balanes. Bimir. Radimir Anena. Oh, so we say, Radimir Anena. Why do you say, Radimir Anena? Because Rabbi Meir, you're the one that's, that has hope for all Jews. You're the one that says, Bani Matev. You're the one that doesn't write us off. Right before Beruria explained it, you might have prayed for us uh, otherwise. But now, Baruch Hashem, you said, Bani Mashaitim. And the Rashba said, Halakha is like Rabbi Meir. Halakha Babadia said, Halakha is like Rabbi Meir. And the Rabbi Yitzhak Mibedichev said, Atem Bani Matev, Afidu Mizidim. And all the Tzadikim are coming along to say what? The Halakha follows Rabbi because you have Rabbi Akiva, like we said with you. Oh, if that's the case today on Rosh Chodesh Tebet Rabotai, on the yard side, potentially of Rabbi Meir Balanes, this is a great day of mercy. This is a great day of Teshuvah. It is today that we come to Rabbi Meir and we say, Rabbi Meir, be a militiosher for us, which means on this day of the Hanukkah, be a uh, advocate for us. That even though maybe we're not uh, uh, 100%, but you're the one that said Banim. And therefore, you have to tell more of that mercy. Now we're going to Magifa. Uh, maybe we made Averot, Banim, maybe Meir. You could go tell them. And the Halakha is like you in the Shamaim, especially in the Shamaim. Because in Shamaim, they understand. In Shamaim, they read the Sof Da'atecha. In Shamaim, they're able to penetrate Sof Da'atecha. In Shamaim, for sure, Halakha is like Meir. And therefore, this Pasuk that we read, the last Pasuk of today's Rosh Chodesh, today is the most significant Pasuk. Which means this pasuk is read every Rosh Chodesh, but it takes on greater significance Yitamu Hatim on Rosh Chodesh Tevet. Because Rosh Chodesh Tevet is the day of Rabbi Meir, Yitamu Hataim. We don't say Chotim. Let the sins perish. Urshaim Odenam. The Jewish people, they're covered with some sins. Get rid of the sins, and all of a sudden you see what's underneath it. And therefore, David Amelik says, When he saw this, it's the first time he said, Hallelujah. Praise God on this, that Bani Ulam has such mercy on his people that he doesn't pray for their destruction. Like we say on Ni'ilah, God said, I don't want the met. Who's the met? What do you mean? If he's dead, he's dead already. What do you mean? So the Hakamim say, no, the Rasha is called the met. So it's as if they're saying, I don't want the Rasha to die. I want him just to return from his bad ways. And he lives. It doesn't say has mercy on all ma'asab. And therefore, this is uh, uh, this is actually a light of hope. Rabbi Meir, Madik Mishmeh. Rabbi Meir used to check out the names of people. You know, when he saw a certain name, he was able to tell you about the person. Well, we can say about Rabbi Meir, he brings light to us because it's very depressing to think Ah, we made sins, and Hashem has, uh, you know, he doesn't care about us anymore, <clears throat> and he traded us in, and he uh, forgot about us. No, the Bimir is a ray of light. The Bimir comes and says, no, don't worry. You can make Teshuvah. And guess what? You know why I believe he, he retracted from his original opinion? Because it worked. He says he prayed for these guys to make Teshuvah. The Bidiyonim, what happened? They made Teshuvah. Finished. They all made Teshuvah. So you see that it works. Therefore, 
we have to uh, pray. When we see, let's say, like the Arizal says in the Berakhava, if God forbid somebody has a member in their family that's not religious, although Alenu went off the derech, in the Berakhav Hashivin, there's a special Yiratzon from the Arisa. Yiratzon, please, Hashem, return to us this Neshama. Give him a, 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 a inspiration, give him a certain Hizuk, a spark, and he should return to you. That's what we do for the Neshaim. We don't pray for the Neshaim to, to perish. Adaba. We pray for the Neshaim to make the Shuvah, and then Ushaim Odenam. And then Barikhin Avshi, then David Amelik is able to say, Praise, my praise, not my soul, praise Hashem. Hallelujah. So let's take this great Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh that comes once a year, Rosh Chodesh Tebet, Hanukkah. And this Mizmor that we said today is very, very significant. It's a ray of hope. It's a Meir. A Meir. Kishmokin, whose name is, is appropriate. And just like he gave us hope, Sotu Bore Olam should be Mahzir Amo Betshuvah, should bring his people back to Teshuvah. And then we know that once we have Teshuvah Shirema, then it leads to Geulah Shirema. And then Geulah Shirema leads to the Fu'ah Shirema, like we have in the Amidah, back to back to back. First we have Hashivin Wabir Turatecha, Ba'azir Betshubah Shirema Lefanecha. Then we have Geulah Shirema Lefanecha. And then we have the Fu'ah Shirema. So therefore, all these strings uh, lead one to another. And ultimately, it has to start with Emunah Shirema Rabotai, which is perfect Emunah. They have to believe it. What does he mean believe? They have to believe in the power of every single Jew. The power of the neshama that every single Jew has, and therefore we don't write anybody off. Bezat Hashem, we should be zocher. The emunah shlema, the shuvah shlema, the fuah shlema, geulah shlema. I told you many times, but I heard once from the Sanz Klosenberger Rebbe, that he said that these are the four things that need shlemut. Emunah, the shuvah, the fuah, and geulah. That these things cannot be done unless they're perfect. You cannot have 90%, 99% emunah, Teshuvah, you have to make a full Teshuvah. You can't make Teshuvah 99%. If you want to feel 100% good, if you're 99% good, that means you don't feel good. And Geulah, I want it to be a complete Geulah where there's no Galut after. So he said, that's why on Sukkot, when we go shopping for an Etrog, everybody wants the perfect Etrog. Why? Because Etrog is Hashem Tevot. Emunah, Teshuvah, Refuah, Geulah. All the things that need Shlemut. So therefore, the Etrog that we buy represents these three items. Okay, look with this. Now we connect the Sukkot to Hanukkah, just like the Gemara does in Shabbat, connects the Inyan of Sukkot to the holiday of Hanukkah, Ma'alim Kodesh, Ve'en Muridin Miratzon, Zechut Abimeir, again, Ba'adenu, I will conclude, Elahad Demeir Anenan, Elahad Demeir Anenan, Elahad Demeir Anenan, and Zechut Abimeir, protect all of us, especially the members of this group that get together once a week in order to ponder and study the works of the Tehillim. And today, we pondered the greatness of our great rabbi, Nabi Meir, Zichuto Yagen Aleinu, Ba'al Kol Amo Yisrael, Amen. 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 Thank you very much.